Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtzcast. Cole Pedham here as always, and we're going to do our very, very best to discuss Aston Villa nil, Everton nil. Um, the, the journey to 50 points continues, I guess. One more point and we hit that mark. Uh, personally, I think that's the mark that I'll be most happy with this season. And you know what? It, it can be hard to discuss a nil-nil, especially when either team didn't really have too many great goal-scoring opportunities. But from a Villa standpoint, there were a few uh, proud moments and a few good discussion topics I guess you could say that uh, we'll touch on here and try to make the best sense of but anyways I'll go first to Simon Simon how's it going yeah not too bad thanks um yeah it wasn't the most exciting of games but I think it was a fair result and you know given you know some of the performances at Villa Park in recent weeks to be honest I'm, I'm quite happy with that I'll take it at this stage of the season yeah absolutely I mean it is what it is no one's really playing for anything if anything I feel like this is the most comfortable Premier League season at this point in a long time. I, don't, I can't remember the last time that basically the top, well, you could probably say the top five or almost relatively made up to some extent and relegation has been basically a certain thing almost for the last month plus, ideally. So with that being said, though, uh, Danny Raza has decided to miss out. Naughty Danny. Just kidding. He gave us like a weak heads up, so I can't really complain that much. But we do have a debutante today, and that being Tom Nightingale, a Britain that is in Canada. It's nice to have someone in my time zone for once. I think that's a, a first in uh, my tenure as Holtcast host. But without further ado, Tom, how's it going? Yeah, going all right. Thank you. Yeah, not too bad. I think uh, Simon said it nicely, I think. But I, for me, it's just it's nice to have that solidity, that competitiveness every game, because it's something that's been missing for certainly the last few years in the in the Premier League, either side of the championship stint. Um, so, I mean, if the worst you can say is that it was a bit dull and you feel like having a nap afterwards, then it's not too bad, is it really? Yeah, I mean, we're always going to have fans complaining. We could probably win 7-2 again against Liverpool again, and there'll still be complaints for letting in two goals or a misplaced pass or whatever it is. That's just the uh, the thing with football, I guess, especially these days and social media and all those kind of keyboard warrior things. But that's a rant for another day with me and my personal experiences. But anyways, um, guys, where should we start first, I guess? Well, we'll start with Emmy Martinez. Of course, he equals Brad Friedel's record in the Premier League of 15 clean sheets for Aston Villa, of course. Simon, I'll come to you first. About time, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it seemed like every week, as soon as the commentators would bring you up, you just thought, oh, Jesus, what have you done that for? You know, uh, you know, a, a, a goal's coming now. But um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. And I'm really glad that day's gone as well because he's been such a good signing. Like for me, Probably the best signing, certainly that I think we made last summer. And to be honest, I think you could argue that he was the best signing any club made in the Premier League last season. What, 16 million rising to 20? Um, and, it, and, he, and he showed today with a couple of saves, especially that one from Calvert-Lewin, 
uh, towards the end. Like, just showed just what a quality keeper he is. And yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that he's finally equaled it. And to be fair, with Crystal Palace coming up on Sunday, it's, it's not a bad team to come up against to, to try and break that record and, and get it for yourself. I feel like you've just jinxed that, to be honest. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> watch, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be the 89th minute. Benteke is going to score. It's yeah. going to be the ultimate karma thing. Jordan, I, you assist. Um, yeah. Do they have any other Villa players that might have a secondary assist? I honestly can't think off the top of my head. But anyways, Tom, I guess the all-important question is, is Emmy going to break that record this season? I mean, you'd like to think that Sunday is going to be his best chance, really. Like we, I mean, you mentioned Benteke. He's, he sort of seems to have come into form at just the right time for Palace, wrong time for us. But, I mean, you'd like to hope Grealish back. Hopefully we get to see him from the start on Sunday, which means, I think, better ball retention in midfield. Hopefully we can sort of dominate from the off there. And I think that's got to be his best chance, hasn't it, really? But um, we'll see. I mean, like Simon said, it's just great to see him get it see him equal that record I certainly think I agree with Simon really I think talking pound for pound uh, there can't be many better signings in the league this season that uh, the, the save from Calvert-Lewin at the end the one in the uh, the one earlier as well at the near post I forget who it was from um, but that was great his, rea- his reflexes are unbelievable really and particularly as he hadn't had very much to do until then and that's exactly what you need isn't it really in a keeper yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a capable keeper in my time supporting Villa as much as Emmy Martinez. Of course, that doesn't really give a, a great history when most notably the probably the longest serving one is Brad Puzan or Guzan, I should say, um, in some other areas and countries. But anyways, um, I shouldn't be too disrespectful to Brad Guzan, to be honest. He did have a good year or too i guess you could say but it all dipped down but let's not uh let's not go into these sad times let's get it into a few more positives i guess the next thing we can go to is jack Grealish. of course uh came on later in the second half it's just simon it's just nice to see him back isn't it you know what he could have came on for two seconds and honestly i probably would have been happy it's just it's crazy the fact that he comes on the like as soon as he comes on there's three men on him they it's just <laughs> it, it's like watching i don't know like an eight-year-old trying to like gerbil around like toddlers and they're all just chasing them <laughs> it's just it's it's just so welcome to see isn't it oh it's brilliant i mean there was this stage probably a couple of weeks ago where part of me thought will we will we see him again this season because he just kept to go you know seems to go on and on but um no nah, it's like to be fair as soon as he came on the pitch they i think one of the first sort of involvements that he had, he, he picked the ball up, he, he drew a couple of players to him and beat one of them and laid it off lovely for target for a cross in and just straight away, you can just sort of see what, what we've been missing for the last few weeks. I mean, he's he's such such a gifted footballer. I mean, certainly the best player in my, since I've had the scene tickets since I think not 97 and he's without doubt the greatest player that I've seen play at Villa Park. He, he's just so good and as I say, you could just see, even though he's only on the pitch, what, 25 minutes or so, he, he just, he looks so comfortable on the ball. And I think uh, the point Tom made earlier about if you'd like to think if he starts against Palace, we'll retain the ball an awful lot better than we did tonight. I thought that there was, I thought in the first half we were quite decent, but there was a number of occasions, even that first half, especially in the second, some of the sloppy passes in that midfield area drive you insane watching it. So, um, yeah, so that's always going to be a bonus having Jack back in the team because you like to think that that's not going to happen so much with him on the ball. Yeah, and I mean, I think the one thing I enjoyed most, I think, I think it was one of his first uh, kind of uh, 
efforts on the ball was that uh, target overlap. And I'm just thinking, yes, it's back. Um, <laughs> and long may that continue. But uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I, I think the one thing for me personally was just seeing him kind of go in and get tackled and knowing, you know what, it's okay. And maybe it's a little bit of a stinger, but he gets back up. So what are your thoughts on his return? Yeah, I mean, there, was a, there were a couple of hairy moments where he goes down and you're thinking, oh, not the shins again, come on. But, uh, I mean, it, it's, I, I, sorry, you both have mentioned it, that the overlap with Target, like, I mean, we're having to, we're having to pick these little moments, aren't we? Because there wasn't, there's not been that much to shout about. But, uh, but the, the, when, he, when he came on and that overlap with Target, A, we love to see it. They link up so well. But it's just, the, the, it's the way he holds on to the ball and his, the timing of the pass is better than, even that sets him above anybody else on our team, I think, really. Because you look at somebody like Bertrand Traore, likes to bring the ball down, likes to go at players, likes to spread the play when he needs to. But you just, you're never quite, you're never quite sure if he's going to pick the pass right, if he's going to time the pass right. Whereas Grealish, you know what he does. He sucks the defender in, you know, pulls the space for whoever's on the overlap and then and, and lays it off. And it's just, it's the little touches like that, I think, that we've missed. Um, and like it goes back to the point, I think like ball retention because you're not you're not wrong at all, Simon. Like the I thought we were all right first half with it, and then second half, Louise giving the ball away, McGinn giving the ball away, just all over the place. Well, let's talk about the midfield, I guess, because maybe that's one negative we can finally go to. It's honestly, I probably thought McGinn was by far the best player on the pitch today. That's my opinion. I just thought he drove play pretty well there's obviously going to be a few hiccups here and there, but as is any player, but I don't know, guys, it's, I just, I still feel like we just get bypassed in the midfield way too easily. And even when we negate those chances and Simon, I'll come to you with this. It's just, it's almost like there's that invisible line that some of these guys just won't bypass. And I think that's the one thing that I get most frustrated with Barkley of late amongst a million other things is it's just, he's not in those key areas where you would say uh, an attacking midfielder such as him should be in. And you know what? I don't want to kind of put him as a scapegoat because that applies to all three of them essentially in certain circumstances. But what do you make of it? Well, like I say, I actually thought the first half, I thought we were very comfortable in that first half and sort of in control of the game without creating anything. It was, it was, it was almost like the, performance at Goodison Park the other week but just without the like actual chances created like in terms of I thought our midfield sort of controlled it quite nicely and then you'd expect I expected Everton to improve because I, th- I thought they were pretty poor in that first half but I, I don't I don't really understand what happened to the midfield because you just thought that they'd have had a bit of confidence from that first half okay then as I said I hadn't created much but they'd you know we had the majority of possession they knocked it around nicely enough but it was just, it wasn't the fact that like, they were giving it away with, you know, trying to make clever balls forward and just not getting the right. It, like, just some of the passes that were going straight to Everton players and really sort of baffling to, to watch it. It kind of, you ask what to make of it, I almost can't really explain it because it, it seems so unexplainable how that 15 minute break just seemed to, I, I don't. I don't really know how to verbalise it because I don't really understand what happens. Like, I, I don't get it sometimes. I, mean, so, I don't know what you think, Tom. Yeah, or... Tom, go ahead, actually. I was just going to... The only thing I was going to add to that maybe that Tom can touch on too is 
I guess, well, barring Ross Barkley, we kind of know his future unless they just give it to us for free, essentially, at this point. Even at that point, I don't know if I'd want to take him. But I, I'm expecting McGinn to be there, and you would say the same for Louise, but do we still need that defensive midfielder in your mind as well? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing for me. I think I do like McGinn and, uh, and Louise, as, but I like them as a sort of relatively flat, central too I think because I, I but my, the issue with me is that McGing, um Louise sorry gets asked to do a lot of the defensive work and I'm just not sure he does it's not physical enough for me I want a bruiser in there you know defensive midfield somebody who is there just to break the player I've liked Louise most when he seems to have had a little bit more license to go forward and start creating some stuff from deep um so I mean, yeah, I think that for me, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll uh, over the over the next few weeks on this pod, I'm sure you, we'll we'll be talking about transfer targets and that sort of thing. So I won't get into it too much, but I think um, a midfield enforcer, I think, is pretty key. Um, but I mean, I agree. I think McGinn. I, I agree with you, Cole. I think McGinn was our best player today, personally. McGinn or Target. Um, I like Target every week. I have to say, his, his consistency this season has been amazing. Um, but I thought McGinn, I thought McGinn did, did a really good job breaking the ball up, the way he sticks his backside out and kept, keeps on running in every situation. I don't know how he gets out gets out of these situations sometimes. But um, but yeah, we just sort of we did we just sort of fell apart a little bit in midfield in the second half. I was you know you'd like to think it wouldn't have a big effect. But the only thing I can think Simon talking about the halftime break is we you know we had that sort of stoppage didn't we just before the break with Cash. Um, yeah. so I don't know if that upset the, the the flow a little bit, but you'd like to think that wouldn't have the that kind of effect, really. But yeah, and then I thought Everton. I was expecting Everton to push on a bit more. I have to say, I haven't really been particularly impressed by Everton. We've played them what twice in the last eleven days, and considering they're but they really are pushing for a European place. I was expecting to see a bit more from them, really. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like if I go to the uh, table right now, which I'm thankfully have open. I mean. Everton are they're still in a shout they're only two points off but you'd think actually who do they play here I'll have a quick look because um, of course this isn't an Everton podcast but nonetheless they still have what Sheffield United Wolves and then Man City on the final day I mean <laughs> the Sheffield United one might be probably the easiest of course to kind of point out but it's going to be tough for them and then you look at us and I just can't get over the fact that we're battling for 10th, basically. Um, Arsenal are now six points ahead of us, but we're battling for 10th with 10th with Leeds, which still is mental in my mind, even though they've conceded and scored 53 goals apiece. Um, that's a whole nother talking point that we don't need to get into, but uh, fair play to them. But Simon, I'll come back to you. I mean, where does the rest of the season kind of go in your mind? Do you think it's, all in for Palace, and then with two tough last last games, it's a bonus for whatever happens. Um, yeah, well, I suppose tenth is probably realistically now the highest we can finish. I think Arsenal annoyingly look like they're going to finish ahead of us, which I've mean, been above them all season. I'm not overly keen, uh, happy with that. But I think to be fair, you never know. Though I mean, I, I say Palace normally at this stage of the season they they tend to just completely switch off once you know they're they're safe so that's a game that obviously you know you'd like to think we could get three points from and to be fair I don't think Tottenham is as difficult as you might initially think it would be I, I think they might not have anything to play for when you look at the game we played against them what, a few weeks ago now 
they didn't look that impressive there. And hope, you know, we'll have Jack Grealish probably fully fit. You'd like, you know, touch words for that game. So I think obviously the Chelsea game, you, you sort of look at that as a bit of a bonus if you get anything out of them. Because but then it, even then, you know, they if they've already got their top four uh, spots secured, they've got a Champions League final the week after that. So it might be a sort of half decent time to play them. Plus there'll be ten thousand fans back in the stadium. So yeah, there's there's obviously nothing to play for in terms of like qualifying for Europe or anything. But you want to try and finish in that top ten. I, I think that would. I mean, whatever happens, I you know, if we finish 11th, well, I think we probably will end up, even if we fall down to 12th, it's still been massive progress from last season. But if you can get that top 10 finish, like that, that just, it looks like a, a much better sign of progress, if you get what I mean. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, I think they'll definitely be, be all out to try and make sure they get a top half finish. Yeah, massively. And I, I think the one thing, and this is just so stupid, but anyways, just the fact that finishing in the top half means when they do reflections, it gives you the first top 10 and we're in there and they don't have to go down. And for some reason, it hurts my heart a little bit now every time they have to go down there. Uh, but we're still there, but that's just something that's so minuscule. It really doesn't matter. But Tom, I'll come to you. I mean... I, I guess we can talk about Palace now. Um, well, I'll do the three-word reviews. We'll do our man of the matches here right after uh, Tom gives his answer. But going into this game, are you expecting anything different? Obviously, we'll probably see Ollie Watkins. Grealish may start as well. Who knows there? Um, are you expecting anything different? Yeah, I mean, I think I do think. Uh, first up, I was I was pretty impressed with with Keenan Davis today. I do I like I do quite like him as a player. I have to say, I like the way his hold-up play. I think is pretty good. We saw a nice example, similar to his assist a few weeks ago when he powers past defenders and gets the ball across. He was doing that, you know, in that last minute, won that free kick, which, in a, you know, things gone slightly differently, we could have, would have been an absolute smash and grab, I think, to get a win from that. But he he just looks like a player who is pretty rusty, hasn't had much game time. To, you know, he hadn't started since, I think, July in the league. Um, so Watkins coming back. I mean, Watkins, for me, has got the X factor. As a as a striker, he's I, I I think he's pretty much an all round striker, um, and along with Martinez, those two signings in the summer I think have been a very very big part of why we're here discussing the sort of minutiae of finishing tenth or finishing twelfth as opposed <laughs> to sort of having to clench for the the last few weeks. Um, so, but I think with Watkins, Watkins back changes us a lot. I think um, you know his ability to drift drift wide and he does link up play better than Davis does even though Davis is I think pretty decent at it like we said hopefully Grealish starts I I I, I don't want to you know jump on the on the Barkley thing again because I think we're as Villa fans I think we're pretty much all in agreement about where we stand on this but I really would hope that we won't see him starting on Sunday I didn't think he was terrible today but he doesn't, for me, he doesn't add anything that, say, Jacob Ramsey doesn't bring. And then Ramsey, for me, is, brings more energy than Barkley does as well. So I would hope to see a little bit, you know, make a little bit of team rotation in that way. Watkins in, Grealish hopefully in, Barkley hopefully out. Um, and I think we should have enough, really, um, to beat him because Palace are probably going to be, I'm, I'm not, I've lost track exactly of where they are on the table, but I, I assume they're probably on the beach. Oh, 100%. And I watched their game against Southampton and they started off very well, but just absolutely fell off a cliff. And I think they're just another team. I think they're in 13th. Um, and actually them and Southampton are basically battling for 13th right now because uh, Wolves is four points ahead of Palace and five points ahead of Southampton. So they're just kind of in that 
kind of vacation mode I'd imagine already. So it's a good opportunity to pick up points, but Simon, actually I'll throw one more question in here. It's kind of a quick little funny one. Do you think we'll see big West score before the end of the season? Cause I, that's, that's my dream. I, I tweeted out last night. I want this to happen. <laughs> I don't know, purely because I just don't know how much game time he's going to get. I mean, I think Smith, I think it was his press conference before this game, um, he was asked about Wesley. And I think he, he said that he won't he won't start any game before the end of the season. That is it's just purely about when we can, trying to get him 10, 15 minutes here or there. So unless, it's, uh, unless he gets a, a decent run out against Crystal Palace... I wouldn't fancy him to score against Spurs or Chelsea, but I mean, you, you never know. Stranger things have happened, but no, I think I think we should just be grateful that we've got C. Keen and Davis scored this season. I think asking for a Wesley goal has just been greedy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm still hoping for an 85th minute winner from Wesley against Spurs, which knocks him out of any chance of getting um, any kind of European football. I think that'd be the the ultimate. I wouldn't say karma, but just ultimate thing to happen this season. Have all our strikers right score. Yes, it would. I mean, the fact that Keenan Davis has scored is probably my happy point of the season. That's saying a lot, given how good this season has been. I don't know what it is about the guy. I was saying to Danny and Simon in our chat, like, I think he gave away the ball, and I still just go, oh, like, come on, Keenan. Like, you could do it. I don't know. He, he could literally do nothing wrong in my eyes. I don't know why. He's just, I wish I felt the same way that I do about him, about Ross Barkley, but I, I don't think anybody does, to be fair. But, Anyways, guys, uh, let's do the three-word match summaries. I'm not too sure how many there are. I think there's over 60 the last time I checked. So thank you all for getting involved. And, of course, you can tweet us at 7500Holt in the future. And I haven't looked at any of these, so I'll try to read out the appropriate ones and not read out bad ones like I have had done in the past and had to delete in the past. So <laughs> let's not make more editing work. Uh, for me this <laughs> evening that'd be very nice but anyways we'll start with um a donovan saying rather see wesley a little harsh uh we'll do um let's see here techie monkey uh by new midfield ash skinner martinez world class tom jones blunt take point drew walsh one word flat uh, Lee Cook, Champions of Kazoo. Um, a lot of people have actually mentioned that, and I still love that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Two on aggregate, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> actually, to be fair, our uh, very own Sebastian Bacon that uh, does our player ratings, and he did match coverage on the uh, 7500 Holt Twitter. Um, I don't know if he gifted or took it from somebody, but it was... Um, when we were uh, when Grealish was holding the cup at Wembley and then said they put the big kazoo logo or something over it. So uh, yeah, that was pretty good to see. Uh, I'll read out a few more. Macavilla saying didn't watch it. Fair enough. He didn't miss much. Uh, Scott Edwards saying huffed and puffed um, and G Davis saying no more Ross. What a better way uh, to end it than that. Actually, you know what? One more Ian lines deck chairs ready. And then he has little emojis for vacation. So, you know what? Everyone can go into the summer very happy that we're very comfortable and all that good stuff. But, Tom, I'll come right back to you quickly. Who was your man of the match? Uh, I think for me, like I said, the passing went a bit astray second half, but I think I'm still going to give it to McGinn personally. I, I really liked his energy today. I thought he broke up play well. He's looked, he's looked uh, back on it for me the last couple of weeks. Fair enough. Simon, how about you? Um, I, was, I was half tempted to go for Target. Just, I mean, that's what I usually do. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that guy. But I think um, for the save, I think it's Ben Godfrey, the uh, chance that you were on about earlier, Tom. For that save, 
And then the one from Calvert-Lewin right at the end, I'm going to give it Martinez for you know, two top top class saves to get that well-deserved clean sheet. Uh, see, this is a tough one now because I feel like I have to go Matty Target after saying on the last pod that he always gets mentioned and didn't. So now he has to. Uh, I, you know what? There, it's kind of difficult in a, a game that didn't really have too much. Um, I think you have to say fair play to Tyrone Mings made some very crucial blocks mm-hmm. and I think the one thing that skews it from away from me for him was um, I can't remember if it was Richarlison or Calvert Lewin bearing down on goal where he just kind of told Konza to run for it and he just kind of binned it off. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't really enjoy that too much, um, but I guess that's being picky. But you know what? Screw it. I'll go with Matty Target just to get his mention in there. I'm sure he listens <laughs> to this actively and is very, very happy to hear that. I, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I've seen a, a, a left back, I should say, this good at Villa to be honest it's just I think he's figured out how to do the simple things well and he doesn't really need to overcomplicate his game and it's just made him grow leaps and bounds so long may it continue but uh, yeah that's that Um, do you guys have anything you want to mention because I'm trying to fill time now (laughs) god I I would just say that I think one thing like I we need to keep perspective, right? I mean, I mean, this is an eternal struggle as the fan of, and not just Villa, it has to be said, any football club, I think. But like, you know, two, three games left of this season. We had one thing I liked was we had, uh, I think we had five academy graduates today in the in the in the match day eighteen. If you include, you know, including Grealish, Davis starting, Ramsey off the bench, um, and I mean to be now as pretty established as a mid-table club, you've got these youth players coming through. We are building for the long term. And I think that's the thing that's getting overlooked at the moment is this is the first time in about 12 years, probably, that we've got, since about January, we've been able to plan for the summer, knowing which division we're going to be in, knowing that we're pretty stable. And I think that's going to go a long way, personally, this summer. Massively. Yeah, I'd I'd massively agree with that. I think when when you look in, in the space of, well, you know, from this, from last season to this season, I'd say you, you know we've comfortably overtaken the likes of Palace, Newcastle, mm-hmm. Burnley, who you know have been established Premiership, Premier League teams for a number of years now. And it's, it's almost it's almost people forget that this is only our second season, like back in it. I know, obviously, we're in the Premier League for a long time before, but you know, for the last sort of three or four years that we're in the league, we were awful. So you've, you're almost looking at it. It's, it's a completely new squad of players that have been put together over the last two years. And in that two years, you know, if we finished sort of 11th, you'd say there's at least sort of, you know, Wolves had a bad season, but everyone else that would have been below us, we've comfortably overtaken them in the space of one year. So you're right, yeah, definitely there needs a bit of perspective needs to be guided. I can see why, I do understand how people get frustrated when you look at how good the start of the season was. Mm-hmm. But as I say, you know, it's only the second year back. And also, you've got to remember, we've been for the, about a third of the season now, one of the best players playing the game has been out of our team. Like, I know you can't rely on one player, but when you've got a player that good, he's not available for you. Like, I genuinely believe, has he been fit all season, I honestly think we'd still be in that sort of, we'd be around where West Ham and, and Spurs are at the moment. I genuinely believe yeah. that. Yeah, I think oh, we'd yeah. be about. I think we'd be about seventh. That yeah. sort of. Yeah. Oh, don't guys, let's not make people cry listening to this. <laughs> yeah. what but, ifs. But, but I, I, I don't say that as like a. I, I don't think that's a negative thing to no. think. I think no. that that should show just how far 
the club has come and, yeah, yeah. you know, if think what we can do this summer with the owners we've got, I think, you know, it's expecting big investment again. So I think, I think fans should be really pleased for other seasons. Got a bit excited for what's going to happen next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I that's fun. Oh, sorry. Go on, Tom. No, I was just saying, I think that's fun. That's exactly it. Oh, fair enough. All I was going to say is that we've already seen quotes kind of coming out recently. I don't really know how true they are, but apparently Dean Smith was saying he's seen the targets that Villa already have in mind. They're basically ready to attack as soon as the window open, which is, I mean, considering, I guess, aside from the last uh, summer window, I guess you could say, even though it really wasn't much of a summer window it's probably the most organized we've been in. I don't know how long guys in terms of transfers <laughs> and the fact that he's excited about it. Um, I think that's the best thing. I mean, that gets me excited knowing it's not going to be like a Kieran Richardson kind of caliber <laughs> player or something like that, where it's just like, <laughs> Oh, well he's a, he's a good like third string kind of option basically that ends up being a starter. But yeah. So you know what? up and up we have to be happy but uh you know what guys we'll wrap it up there because we're running out of time on this session anyways so of course if you want to find simon on twitter it's at cy o'regan if you want to find tom on twitter it's td nightingale correct yeah that is right good i got it right on the first time (laughs) and i just looked at my phone so i kind of cheated there anyways and of course if you want to find me on twitter it's at talk aston villa tweet the team at 7500 to holt you can email the podcast holtcast at gmail.com one day i'll forget this whole kind of rigmarole thing at the end but anyways guys we'll leave it there we'll see you after the palace game and don't forget uh, the villa Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.